0: Stand up Nuggets Nation. It's now time for the Mile High Hoops Podcast with Zach By on your home for the most Nuggets content, Denver Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Zach By, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Oof. Brutal loss at home to the Cleveland Cavaliers. We'll get to that in just a second. But I have a just a couple thoughts that I want to get out of my head. I had not had a chance to record since Thursday of last week, and since then uh, I was at Ball Arena on Friday night for the Nuggets Spurs game. Not going to spend too much time on this because it's uh you know in the rearview mirror. But I did want to share just a, a couple thoughts. Really starting with just something from a human element. Going to Nuggets games last year was not very fun at all. Uh, it just wasn't. Uh, it was a really bizarre environment. Uh, to say it was socially distant would be an understatement. It was painful. Uh, they spread the media members out around the entire arena. Uh, you couldn't see faces. Couldn't hold uh, meaningful conversations. Uh, the sound the audio in the arena was being played like it was a full arena and it's an amazing how much uh, you know 15,000 human beings gobble up some of that sound but without it just be bouncing around uh you know it was a, it was painful um and I really stopped going uh because I really wasn't gaining anything out of it uh the the press conferences were not in person I mean it was just it just was not great and I cannot tell you uh, what in, and by the way, no one was at fault for any of that. It, that just was the circumstances at play. It was so nice being back in Ball Arena with a packed house on Friday night, seeing Rocky do his thing. You know, watching people react to the halftime and the hero of the game, and you know, talking with um, my fellow media members that some of them I have not talked to face to face in you know well over a year uh Harrison Wind of, of DNVR able to catch up with him, Mike Singer of the Denver Post, Jenna Garcia of uh Denver Stiffs. Uh it just is just so good to see uh those people back in that environment and being able to be on the floor and you know seeing the security guard Bruce, you know, who's been there for years and you know watching warm-ups up close and you're just able to gain these little nuggets of from a human element of uh, Being there in person up close where you weren't able to be uh, a season ago. It was just great. I just, I just had a blast uh, being back and ended up being a really uh, nice win uh, for the Nuggets that sent them to 2-0, 102-96 over San Antonio in a game where uh, Nikola Jokic was just brilliant. Uh, He was just flat out brilliant. Uh, It will not go, you know, in the you know, all time games, but it was a game that that dude was just riding shotgun and steering the Nuggets, uh, start to finish. I, I just thought it was a, a masterful performance. He was plus 14, 32 points, 16 rebounds, seven assists, three steals, a block. I mean, it was just, he was just a joy to watch. And they don't win that, uh, basketball game, uh, without him. And the vibes were good. Nuggets were two and zero. you know, picked up that, that win on the road. To start the season uh, as an underdog, go into you know the house of horrors that you know was the Valley in Phoenix there and get that uh, double digit win and you're feeling good and then you have a back to back a home against the Cavs and then on the road against the Utah Jazz in a game that'll be on national television and I think that for um, a lot of us uh, I think you just sort of kind of penciled that Cavs uh W in there and, and and why wouldn't you really? I mean why wouldn't you? Those you know the, the losses at home to teams like Cleveland that that that's the old Nuggets and and that really was their MO for a long long time is just this inability to beat these teams that they have no business losing to. And you remember those losses through the years like I think it was two or three seasons back, like a really bad Atlanta Hawks team came in here and, and beat the Nuggets. Uh, a New York Knicks team that was just God awful came in and beat the Nuggets. Um, you know, losses like that. We talk about the Kings, you know, now, you know, the Nuggets just, that seems to be a bugaboo and on paper it shouldn't be. And uh, it was really disappointing. There's no two ways to slice it. It was a, it's a bad loss. It's, I thought kind of embarrassing. Uh, the way that it happened, uh, the Nuggets outside of one stretch there in, in the, uh, first half. I mean, they just were, they were playing comeback nearly, I don't know, 80% of the game, something like that. The Cavs at one point, the Cavs at one point in your own building are up 17 points. I mean, gosh, that is not ideal. <laughs> not ideal. Uh, the Nuggets, uh, and, and this is on a night where, you know, uh, the cat, like if you said, Hey, I went to the future and the Cavs are going to shoot 28% from three tonight. I'd say, okay, there, there's the, there's, there's the one signature stat, the nail in the coffin. That, that's what I need to know. There's no way if the Cavs shoot seven of 25 from three, that they're going to come into Denver and win handily. Uh, but that's what happened. Uh, the Nuggets were atrocious from three themselves. They were nine of 38 from behind the arc. Just, just brutal. Just brutal. Uh, free throws they shot in the 60% uh, variety. Brutal. They had less assists and less blocks, and you know uh, uh, the, the uh, points in the paint. They were outscored by double figures. It just, they had they had a bunch of fouls. I mean, the, the, the Nuggets' largest lead against the Cavs on Monday night was one. Think about that. That's that that's embarrassing. And I thought there was a. I don't want to overreact to one game, okay? Because seriously, that, that's all that Monday night was. It's it's one basketball game. I think most of us would have signed up for a two-and-one start after three games. So I don't want to be here locked in uh, uh, this jail cell of, of being a prisoner of, of the moment, okay? But I do believe that the loss on Monday night revealed a couple things that could be problematic moving forward. Uh, mainly... Uh, the start of the season for Michael Porter Jr. and and Monte Morris for for that matter. Uh, there's something missing here. There's something missing. And I, I can't put my finger on exactly what it is. Okay. And we can talk about some of the factors that would lead us in the right direction here. But there's something missing with Michael Porter Jr. right now. And I thought that. After he signed the contract, it was just going to be a looseness, a playing free, a pressure off, uh, pr- a pressure lifted rather um, from Michael Porter Jr. And we're, we're going to see this this massive step, and we still could. I mean, again, we're, we're three games in. If you remember how we felt, you know, mid February of last year about Michael Porter Jr., um, it's sort of bringing me back to that. Uh, but you're seeing a guy who's frustrated. You're seeing a guy who's borderline just angry. Just seems just just very like visibly frustrated repeatedly throughout a uh, Monday night's game against Cleveland he shoots 4 for 14 from the floor uh 3 for 9 from 3 does not shoot a free throw which i think is problematic uh pulled down 5 rebounds which uh is still a a number that's way below uh where Michael Porter should be given the god uh given athleticism to go with that 6'10 6'11 size But this is three consecutive games now, and really two consecutive games. Because in Phoenix, I actually thought he played well. Um, Statistically, it wasn't anything to write home uh, about for him. Uh, But the last two games, there's something off. He's played 27 minutes in both games. Uh, He had one rebound on Friday night against San Antonio, which is just inexcusable. Okay? It's inexcusable. There's two... Uh, metrics, I think, in the game of basketball that very easily lend itself to level of assertion. And those are free throw attempts and those are rebounds. And Michael Porter Jr. has an opportunity to be a elite rebounder in this league. For him to have one rebound and no free throw attempts on Friday night, and then for him to have five rebounds, which is obviously better than one, uh, but certainly not... Um, not that, 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 like that—that's the floor for MPJ. Okay, if, if he's playing 27 minutes, five rebounds is the absolute floor, in my opinion. Uh, but for him to not shoot a free throw for the second consecutive games, there's, there's really no excuse for it. But I do think it speaks to uh, the way that he's playing right now. The the shots are not great. Uh, they are not uh, naturally coming to him. It looks like his. It, mm, I'm on the verge, like, from a basketball IQ standpoint, Michael Porter Jr. has a long way to go. And that is not ideal if you're talking about a player that is playing alongside, really playing the role of Robin right now, uh, to Jokic's Batman. It is not like his acumen and IQ right now is not ideal for a robin role playing next to Jokic right now. It, it couldn't be a, a more opposite fit in that specific regard. Um, I see that the team is trying to get him more involved, but he is not maximizing those opportunities in a natural basketball way. I think he makes things harder on himself. And if you watch that game against Cleveland on Monday night, I think it's a pretty good reflection of that a 4 for 14 from the floor that's 28% uh, a couple of those threes that he made were late and kind of heaves uh late in that game when the nuggets were just down and trying to get back into the frame of where the cavs were uh so really even like the 11 points it, it it's it's I don't even think it's really um uh a good representation of how poorly um, mpj plays offensively he just and i've played with guys like this in in my own basketball life uh, guys that just make it harder on themselves, and that's what it looks like he's doing right now. It looks like he is um you know the the one word that i've used repeatedly through the years here uh, on this uh mile high hoop podcast is we're in season number four uh is connectivity uh the nuggets have had a level of connectivity that it's just different we we've talked about it again. Uh, like the whatever that phrase is the the whole is greater than the the sum of the parts or whatever that is like the nuggets are seem like and again I don't want to just overreact to one game but that's what we have to react to on a day like today it seems like there is a level of connectivity missing not just between Michael Porter Jr and Jokic but Michael Porter Jr and Mike Malone and this is something that we're going to have to watch throughout the season because it's really in part a continuation of what we've seen from last season or the season before that where there there just gets to be this tension and this frustration and you know you have to look at small Uh, clues for this because Michael Porter Jr. hasn't come out and like blasted Mike Malone or whatever his role or the lack of shots. And Michael Malone hasn't really come out and blasted uh, MPJ. He's been critical of him defensively so far and rightfully so a couple of those defensive possessions uh, against the the Cavs are just like head scratchers. Like what, like, what are you thinking here? Like, I'm almost curious to be like in, in the film session. Like what, what are you possibly thinking Uh, When you're standing up straight in the paint and the Cavs are scoring on you, you look like you don't know what's going on. And I think stuff like that drives Michael Malone crazy. And, you know, just more than more than the MPJ um, storyline that that isn't going away. And, And, you know, part of this season. Okay, I'm going to make a Bronco analogy. I talk a lot of Broncos on the, the show Stokely and Zach here on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan in Denver. Uh, and we, we talked about the 2020 season. Uh, and it was like there was this overarching goal of the season. It's like, what do you have in Drew Locke? It was like this big um, you know, puzzle that you're going to try to find the pieces to, and hopefully it creates a clear enough picture of a franchise quarterback. And although the Denver Nuggets are trying to win a championship this year, and that is unequivocally the goal, that is the number one A um tune of the organization that they're marching to, but under that, I think that there is an objective to see if Michael Porter Jr. and, well, really just Michael Porter Jr. isolated, can be a star. Like, can he... um go through this maturation process enough where at the end of the season, you're like, okay, like now that Jamal's back, like you have this three-person core that can definitively win a championship within the next couple of years because you, it looks like you have three all-stars in their prime at the same time. And and it may take a little bit longer to get there than I think we like to admit. And if you remember the conversations surrounding Jamal Murray for literally a couple years guys it was it was years of the the frustrations of the fan base you know when is this guy going to and and myself forget the fan base i'd come on here on the podcast like i know a star when i can buy a ticket to the game and i know what i'm going to get every single night and that was that that was burdensome from jamal i think for you know the first 3 really 4 years of his career it really wasn't until, until year five, and even in year five, uh, that that 2021 season, if you remember how slow he started that season, like it takes a long time and uh, to get to that to that point of you know where we want Michael Porter Jr. to be right now, and the frustration I think comes from he, he's just not there, and on a night like uh, Cleveland, he doesn't look close. And I think that Jokic is frustrated. I think that Malone is frustrated. I think that um, a lot of the Nuggets teammates are frustrated. And you've heard uh, after the Spurs win, Michael Malone say that, "Hey, I, you know, there's some guys that are frustrated, or however he phrased it, I forget it off the top of my head, but he said like a lot of guys are frustrated that I keep calling plays for Jokic. Well, they better get used to it. And gosh, I, I, and I can't help it. He didn't use names, but you." I don't know. You can go guy by guy. Like, who do you think he was talking about? And when you couple those words with the visible frustration that we're seeing from Michael Porter Jr. repeatedly against the Cavs, um, I think it is you're within reason to deduce that he's talking about Michael Porter Jr. (sighs) So, uh, look, MPJ could go out and score 30 uh, on Tuesday night in Utah. Although I do think they're in trouble uh, against Utah. Hopefully I'm wrong about that. Utah looks terrific. Um, But it remains to be seen. And it's sort of like with the injury storyline of Michael Porter jr. We just sort of eventually stopped talking about it because it just wasn't relevant. And I think that's going to be the case here with this conversation surrounding MPJ until it's, it's not a relevant conversation. It's just going to be really front and center. Uh, So hopefully uh, these guys can get on the same page. Uh, But you know, um, it's, it's a little bit concerning. How concerning? On a scale of one to ten? I'd say about a four right now. Uh, so we'll just continue to, to, to monitor, monitor it. I thought, um, just to cover a, a couple other quick thoughts on the game, uh, against Cleveland. I thought the first play of the game was a microcosm of how the other 40 Seven minutes we're gonna go. Uh the lazy the lazy pass from Jokic, one-handed, trying to get MPJ the ball in the corner. It's picked off by Laurie Markinen very easily. Uh it was directly in his path. He goes the length of the floor. It was not a great effort getting back, and Markinen puts Jokic on a poster. I, I can't remember the last time I'm not saying it hasn't happened. I can't remember the last time Jokic got banged on like that. Um, I saw a lot of that. There was not there was like a lack of focus. Uh, and a disconnect against the Cavs, uh, lack of focus. Uh, you saw it manifest itself in a million different ways. Uh, you know, Aaron Gordon not getting back on defense, and you know, um, you know, Rubio throws a you know seventy foot lob to to Ag. Um, just miscommunications on pick and rolls that lead to wide open dunks. Um, you know, uh, and, and and I'm also saying like a bot, from a body language standpoint, Jokic. It was like a flashback of Jokic, Jokic's more immature self, not 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 to the extreme, but you know, kind of just like kind of hanging the head, visible frustration, arguing with the refs, uh, sort of moping around a little bit. Um, I saw like uh, in in the early third quarter, Michael Porter Jr. coming off a, a screen, uh, wide open, Monte Morris for whatever reason kind of looks him off, goes the other way to Barton. Now Barton made the three, um, but you're seeing the the, the body language there. Um, you know, Monte Morris wanting the ball and the fast break in the corner and just sort of like leaving his hands up, doing it, kind of showing up your teammate. And and I think Barton actually converted in transition. So maybe it's not highlighted as much because the results of the play ends up being positive. But like that stuff is concerning to me. Um, you just got to keep an eye on it. You got to keep an eye on it. And hopefully this group can be galvanized and stay together. Um, It's just one loss. Not a big deal on paper, but some of the storylines that I took from Monday night's game against Cleveland are again just something to monitor moving forward. Um, and really, the the Nuggets can can go to two and two real quick uh, as they travel to Utah. By the time you hear this podcast, they may have already played. Uh, it's Tuesday morning uh, as I'm recording this before uh, my radio show. Um, wanted to make sure we got it out there. Uh, but uh, the Nuggets could be in trouble. The Utah Jazz look terrific. They're at home. The Nuggets are in a back-to-back. Uh, and and by the way, that's the other reason I was a little bit disappointed on on Monday night. It's like, this is the third game of the season. Like, this is not like game number 42 on a Monday night. This is the third game. You're at home against a bad basketball team, and, and you got blown out. Uh, so uh, the Jazz have looked great. They whacked the, the Thunder Um, on the verge of blowing out the Kings on the road. Um, So here we go. TNT, Tuesday night, 8 o'clock start, Mountain Time. And you know that whatever happens against the Utah Jazz, we'll be here to talk about it on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Oh, hey, didn't realize you were listening. Well, let's make this quick. And don't touch that dial. We're Rocky Mountain Forest Products, and we're not aggressive, we're passionate. And we're not going to blast you with facts you don't need. But when you do, visit rmfp.com. Whether you're in need of fencing, decking, or siding information, it's all there. And best of all, it's free. No one likes a salesman, so we're not going to sell you. Whether you need the info or not, just remember rmfp.com. You do you, Colorado. You do you.